Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello. Just uh, give me a give me three minutes. I got to finish this uh, quick, quick snap match. Ah, uh-huh. uh, okay. I was like, what? I honestly like, oh, I, uh, I have <laughs> like PTSD about Sonic with you. I swear no. to God. Like, oh I thought God. you were somehow going to like, yeah, just give me three minutes. Here's a quick Sonic trailer. Ba-ba, drops trailer. And I was just like, no, <laughs> but snap matches. That's way more fun. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, I feel like it's done. Like, you know, in the sense that like, it's kind of impossible to do the Sonic joke again. Because everyone's seeing a mile away. You're just trying to lull me into a false sense of security, though. That's what this is. That's what this is. So Uh, there's lovely people in our discord who I feel like look, folks in the discord. I'm I'm giving you permission to let Jocelyn know ahead of time to prepare and say to Ryan, hey, the discord, let me know there's a Sonic 3 trailer or a Knuckles TV show trailer or what have you. Don't pull any funny business, and then I can say, I promise. <laughs> so the Discord will will keep keep uh, keep me informed. <laughs> yeah, keep you informed and 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 keep me honest. And um, look, if I if I do another Sonic joke, then you just get to buy all the cloth maps. How, how that sounds fair to me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> sounds good. Oh man, so I, I feel like we just we have a lot to talk about tonight, so yeah. we should just jump right into it. Uh, because we finally get to have the conversation that I have been waiting months for, and I'm so excited to hear. And maybe I'm like, my expectations are too high, <laughs> but uh, I can't wait to hear what you have to say about Marvel Snap. Yeah, so we got it's finally it, out. It, it is just, oh, so exciting. Yeah, it's. I think it launched uh, October 18th, so I think it just missed. Um, I didn't play it at like day one and that was yeah. when we recorded last. So yeah, I've been, I've been kind of playing it, uh, you know, here and there since its launch. And then I think over the last couple of days, that was the first time where I'm like, okay, this is, this is really, really good. And it fits within like a lot of my problems that I have with card based games is that I hate building decks. I, uh, not a, not like, most of the time not super attached to the to the um to the like the characters the characters yeah like even yeah. warcraft like i like warcraft don't get me wrong but like a whole card game based on warcraft it still didn't really do it and Fuck i think you. yeah yeah i think for me like really it would have been nintendo or marvel and i think when when it comes to marvel it's not because i'm into the comics it's because the way they've crafted the mcu it's really gotten me interested in all these characters um, and uh, you know, say what you will about the MCU. It has its issues, but it's what's hooked me on Marvel. So I feel like if you have a card game based on Marvel, I was going to try it. And the fact that these are shorter games, like the UI fits on a phone, but is also really nice blown up on an iPad. Like it, it works that way. And, and uh, yeah, it sucks when you snap and then, you know, your your opponent snaps back and then you end up losing eight points because you forget how to retreat, uh, even though it's not how you forget how to retreat, but you just forget to do it. Um, it sucks seeing your rank go down, but like that's on me, not on the game. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> um, but yeah, like I'm really enjoying it. So let's just give people a little bit of an overview in case you guys haven't played Snap. So uh, Marvel Snap is now out on uh, mobile devices. So um, on the iPhone platform as well as the Android platform, uh, or I guess the Apple platform because it's over on iPad too. Uh, then uh, you can also get it uh, on 
PC. I don't have it on PC. I think it might be an Epic thing. Or can you get it on Steam? It is on Steam. Uh, okay, I find I know, it so funny that like Steam hasn't splashed it in my face at all in the past few days because I have been on Steam like endlessly over the last like four or five days, and I'll talk about that later. But um, yeah, I haven't seen Snap advertised to me on Steam at all. Like, <laughs> damn it, Steam, your algorithm's terrible. It's probably because I just play DVD over there, so <laughs> they're just like, well, this isn't an asymmetrical horror game, therefore she'll hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I think it is on Steam. I've seen, you know, my friends list people are playing it. But my understanding is that it's still like an early access release. And it's similar to, and this is just from what I've heard. I've not played it on PC either, but it's similar to Diablo Immortal. And it's the mobile game sort of thrown on to your your PC screen. And they're still working on it. it. It basically gives you access to the game on your PC if that's where you want to play it. I haven't, like I say, I don't have it on PC. I haven't tried it on PC because it fits so well on the phone. I have no like reason to go to PC, if that makes sense. Like I have all my other games I play on PC, but Snap I play like when I used to scroll Twitter like before bed or when I get up in the morning or, you know, like in the in the in-between times where you don't have a lot of time because you're right, Ryan, the games are so fast. And so basically... Uh, it is a card game. There are decks of, I believe, is it 12 cards? I think it's 12. Um, and you have six turns. You draw four cards off the top. And then there's three locations, like three places you can play cards. You play your your turns at the same time as your opponent. And you can have up to four cards at each location. Uh, some of the cards like generate other cards that take up your spot so like for instance there's a card called squirrel girl and you play her in one location and she puts a a one power squirrel in the other two spots as well that means you can only have three cards in each location because one one spot is already taken up so uh then you basically just play out your cards and whoever has the most power at the most locations wins so it's basically a best two out of three of your locations But then what Ryan was talking about with the rank is that there's a a mechanic called snapping. And so the best way that I had this, and it didn't even click with me even after months of playing until I was talking to my co-host over on Angry Chicken, Ridiculous Hat. I was talking to him about Marvel Snap and he said it's like poker. So basically on turn like four is when you kind of decide, are you going to like double down? And so like bet, Or are you going to like check and just leave it the same? And that's if you think of it like poker, it kind of makes a whole lot more sense. And I was like, damn, it really does. So um, the idea is you're kind of like betting on whether or not you think you can win. And what you're betting with is not money, but it's your rank points. So if neither one of you bets anything, if you just like check all the way through uh, your snap game, all the way through all six turns then um, there's two points up for grabs, one from you and one from your opponent. And if it gets all the way to the end of the game, the game resolves, someone's going to get two points, someone's going to lose two points. If one of you snaps and the other one doesn't, then the game is up, it's for four points, but you are like, one person will get four, one person will lose four because you've decided to stay in the game unless, as Ryan said, there's a retreat option. So you can leave And then you only lose the amount of points that are currently up for grabs. And that's a number in the top. So it'll show you like, if you leave this turn, it's two points. And it'll say underneath like next point, next turn four. 
And so it can go up to a max of eight. So if both of you snap, if both of you are like, hell yeah, I'm betting I'm going to win, then your game is worth eight. So someone's going to win eight, but the other person's going to lose eight. And that can really drastically affect excuse me, I'm still getting over COVID. Sorry, guys. That's really going to drastically affect your rank. Um, There's no real, like there's, um, I guess every 10 ranks, there's a reward. So, uh, but it's mostly, there's some currency, some cosmetics. It's kind of a mix of those. Um, I honestly, like, I don't pay too close of attention to my rank in Snap necessarily. Like, I think the highest I've ever really gotten to was platinum one season because I really wanted the cosmetic that was there. It was a, a portrait. Um, but yeah, there, other than that, I'm kind of like, meh, if I made it all the way there, there's a cool card back, but you don't have to be there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like all the cosmetic stuff, it's, it, again, like it opens itself up for unlimited possibilities. Cause again, like with Marvel, and and even outside of what has been done in the comics and the movies and all that, you can and they have done this. You can kind of create your own visual style for this game. Mm-hmm. Like there's the uh, and I mean, it's kind of it's it's like the cartoon characters. There's so there. Yeah, there's different kinds of card variants, like different kind of collections of card art. So there's some like variants that are pulled from different comic books, but then they have like series. So there's like a baby series <laughs> where like, it's all the characters reimagined as like baby. So right now on my store, cause I'm all of the stores are your daily offers are all different. Cause they depend on your collection. Um, you can't get a variant offer of a card you don't own. So um, your stores are always going to be different. So Magneto is in mine and he's sitting there at the breakfast table with like fruit loops and except he's like all these like spoons are flying around him and he's basically like made his helmet but with spoons and he's sitting there looking all like oh damn it why does all this metal stick to me he's got this like (laughs) little sulky face he's so cute and uh yeah so there's like that like baby line of variants there's um like the there's pixel art there's a lot of pixel art ones there's the chibi ones which i think are the little cartoons that you're thinking of and then there's like ripped straight from the pages of the comics like some of them are really gritty some of them are gory some of them are you know like there's there's a lot more like serious and artistic variants of them as well like there's some really cool art in this game yeah yeah and and i mean if they weren't doing the the symbiote uh event right now you could almost see them oh wait yeah that's that uh, that's another like line of variants too or the sim symbiote um drawings which are really cool yeah like you could almost uh, you can see them like this month being Halloween month. Uh, you can see them doing like a Marvel zombies run. Yeah. And, and again, yeah. they will do that. I, I'm sure down the road and you know, you could do uh, like a holiday line in December and like, there's just so many, and this is what they will do because again, this is how free to play games work is they, they tie in with, I'm assuming they'll tie in with holidays and stuff and, and have, have that. And, and again, it's totally optional. Like you can, you can, go for them if you want again like it's not even changing the card powers it's just their look exactly yeah variants and upgrading cards doesn't change anything about the actual ability on the card or the power level it's just like visuals which is something i talked about way back when i very first got into the beta um but i i am curious since like i've been i have been playing for months and months and i've played through a lot of iterations of their monetization like the game has changed a lot from when i very first started to talk about it so i'm i'm curious 
what do you think like in terms of currencies is it straightforward is it confusing like do you, did you get it right away do you understand like how you progress and get more cards like how what is the actual like collection experience like from like a very new player perspective yeah um well first of all like i appreciate that they through all of the resources that they have in the game they've gotten rid of uh card packs because that's another thing that i find like kind of off-putting about most card-based games is that you have to buy card packs and then it's all randomly drawn and there's no as far as I can see, there's no random draws happening outside of maybe when you win a ma- win or say play a match and you get specific upgrade points for a specific card. I don't know if that's ran- is that random or is that just the last card you played? So we're going to give you upgrade points for it. I uh, no, I'm fairly certain it's random. I don't exactly know how that works, but I haven't ever found like a pattern. Like okay. it's definitely not the last card. It's not the card that's like your highest or your lowest or anything like that. Um, I, I do find that it seems to maybe favor the cards that you have that are lower because I'll often like put a new card in my deck and within a game or two, I'm getting boosters for that and I can at least raise it to rare. Right. Um, so like in general, that's how it feels, but it's a hundred percent a feeling from a player perspective. I don't know stats. I don't know if that's how it works or if it's totally random, but I think, um, so what you're talking about in terms of like card packs and card acquisition in Marvel snap, that's where the collection level comes in and there's three pools of cards. So there's, uh, the first pool of cards I think by the time you get to like level 200 and something, you're guaranteed to have all of the cards in the first pool. And then you move into pool number two. And then by the time you hit the top of pool number two, which is 400 and something, you're guaranteed to have all the pool two cards. And then pool number three is where all the randomness comes in. So I've been playing basically free or like a free to play ish, free to play adjacent. All I do is I buy the, um, the battle pass basically. Um, which is twelve ninety nine every five weeks or so. Um, and you basically pay for the season's pass. There's 50 levels to it. That's all that I've paid. Um, and that's just to support the game. It doesn't really give you too much of a of a boost. There's like some currencies in it and stuff. But the randomness comes in with your collection level in pool number three. So, Let's just say for the sake of argument, this isn't the exact number. It's something really crazy, like 467. I'm just going to say 450, <laughs> just so I'm somewhat consistent. But if you really want to know that number, like you can't, there's all kinds of Marvel Snap resources available on the web. Like if you want to know what the pool numbers actually are, you can look them up. Um, but let's just say 450. So every single level that you get after 450 in your collection will move you up your, um, your like, it's, it's like a, a, you know, when you like raise money for charity and they fill in the the thermometer, that's kind of what it reminds me of. And so once you get like every four levels, then you unlock um, either boosters, credits, or a, what's called a collector's reserve. And the collector's reserve is basically a card pack So it has a chance to have um, the premium currency in it, which is gold bars. It has a chance to have variants of cards you already own, um, other cosmetics, which are like the portraits that you can use on your account, uh, or it has 
a new card in it. And that's been a little bit of my frustration. So I'm at collection level 2874 and I don't have all the cards yet. Oh, okay. And there and there's no way to uh, I'm like I'm really close. I think I'm within three or four cards of having a fully complete collection. Uh, but I've also been playing for months. Like it takes a really long time. Um, and I play every day. I finish all my missions. I get all the bonus, um, like all the bonus currency that I can to level up my collection. Like I'm very choosy about the cards that I level up because you need credits to level up your cards. So like right now, <laughs> I wish there was a way to like dismiss it. Cause I can, I can upgrade 32 cards right now and I'm just not because I'm waiting for the cards that I play all the time because they cost so much more to upgrade. I'm waiting for those to like come available sort of thing for to be upgraded. So um, yeah, mm. it, it, it sounds kind of complicated, which I, is why I wanted your opinion on all of the numbers and all of the currencies, because if you're not staring at your phone, looking at Snap, it can get away from you pretty quickly in a conversation. And I hope that this has been a halfway decent like episode and people aren't like spinning from all of these different words that I'm using. Um, because again, I have been playing for months, so I feel like it all makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> well, I, well, the thing is like when you're starting the game and you look at the currencies uh, and you've played free to play games before, it is, it is very straightforward. You have like the upgrade material, which is the silver resources. They look like, uh, yep. they look like, I don't know, like stone or like statues or something. Uh, it's hard to say. But then, as you said, there is the gold bars, which you use to buy variants in uh, in the store. But the upgrade resources, you can use those to buy uh, upgrade tokens for specific characters or like finish out an upgrade, mm -hmm. I think is how the store works. So you've got the the resources that you collect fairly often. You get a lot of them. Uh, and, and again, like this is early on. Um, when you're playing a free-to-play game, usually I just ignore, right off the bat, ignore the premium currency. And there is one of them. It's the gold bars. You can yeah. collect them. <laughs> you don't need to worry uh, about those right away. Like, you can kind of just focus on the silver resources. And then every character has its own resource. Yeah, they're called boosters, but I okay. just think of them like XP. Like, once you have 50 XP on Iron Man, you can upgrade him to infinite. Yeah, it's you just know? that XP exists yeah. in like an inventory, so it's it's a little yeah. it's a little different. And you use those in combination to upgrade your your variants. Um, each variant is separate, so that was the thing for me. I was like, oh, I can upgrade my normal Ant Man, uh, but uh, you know because he's lower because I've already been upgrading the pixelated Ant Man um, because he, he looks cooler. Because he looks cool, yeah, yeah. He's the one you're gonna use, yeah, yeah. So you can, but, but again, like if you want to up your collection level, that was going to be my question. Does it make sense to upgrade, uh, whatever you, whatever you have access to that you can upgrade. So let's say like level one Iron Man or uh, level one Ant-Man versus my level two. And, and they have names for them. They're like rare, ultra rare, you know, card lock yeah, or whatever. So I think it goes, uh, so there's like common, which is when you first get them, which is gray. Yeah. And then it's rare, which is blue. No. Maybe green comes first. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Common, uncommon green, rare blue, epic purple. Um, orange? I don't know. Orange, orange legendary, orange legendary, and then red, which is something else. I can't even remember what it's called now. And wow. then there's like blue after red, 
and that's infinite. And what's really cool when you get an infinite card is it gives you a new variant with a different background of that same like front art, but it's kind of this like shimmery rainbow, like a foil. Oh, cool. And then you can start leveling up. So it has the same kind of logo and the same front uh, like character art, but then the background is, is this like foily kind of thing. And then if you take that variant and go all the way up through all the levels to infinite on that variant, then they get an extra animation. So like my um, America Chavez, she is um, my, I'm on my third version of her. And so she has the foily background with like extra sparkles all around her. Cause she's like the, the next level up of infinite. So it shows that like, I've already max leveled two versions of that card and I'm on my third when I play with her. So yeah. there's the, this kind of like a little bit of like prestige, I guess, along with the cards as well. Like they get, they get cooler. You don't just get to infinite and stop. Um, so that's pretty cool. Because if you have a card that you really like to play with and you're getting boosters for all the time, you don't really want to not be able to use that currency, right? So they, mm -hmm. they've designed a system that that is infinite in and of itself in terms of these upgrades. And I don't even know what comes after. Like <laughs> when I get my third version of her up to infinite like is there a fourth i don't know <laughs> and i don't want to look it up because i want to be surprised but um i mean getting her to that point like america is a really 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 powerful card i've played her in almost all my decks for months so like it takes a long time to to get all the the currency and stuff to to upgrade things but in terms of gaining collection level um i'm kind of i'm kind of split because um i play mostly for like fun i play like a quest first kind of mentality so i'm not trying to to rank up or anything like that i don't really care what my rank is unless there's a very specific reward like there was one month for a portrait that i wanted um but outside of that like i'm not very driven like i'm not goal oriented like results oriented on the ladder like i just want to get my quest done <laughs> so um yeah like i think that um if you're really like ladder oriented goal oriented then i would say upgrade everything you possibly can as soon as you can because that's the fastest way to get cards um outside of that like i'm i pick and choose because the fastest way to level up the cards you like the best is to be very picky and choosy because all of your variants share that pool of of boosters or xp as as i've been referring to it so like if I were to get a new version of America and like level her to like uncommon or rare, then that depletes the pool. And then my really cool one that's almost at infinite, I all of a sudden have less resources to level that one up. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that that, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Okay. So so technically, like by sitting on these 32 upgrades. I'm like sitting on potential collection level. But for me, I don't get something new for um, another like four levels, right? So upgrading something from common to uncommon only gives you one collection level. That's not really worth it for me. Um, but yeah, so like my Mystique. Oh, my Mystique. I have a... <laughs> I can actually get a, a fancy foil version of her. Ta-da! I hadn't claimed that. Um I want to see what oh I guess it doesn't actually tell you what the what the rarity is. I'm like I want to find a red card and see what they're actually called. Uh yeah, it doesn't tell you. The one thing that I wish that you could do is like once you had unlocked a a rarity version of the card, 
that you could then pick your border because all the borders are colored based on rarity. And some cards look really great with like a blue border. Some are really great with like the purple infinite one. Some are great with like the orangey yellow legendary one just based on the other card. Like I want to color match my cards because <laughs> they look like dumb with red, but great with blue. And I'm like, I wanted, I want the blue outline, even though technically that's like a lower rarity. I want the ability to use it. And maybe, you know, it's a cosmetic. Maybe it's something that they're thinking of later on. Maybe they're still tied to the whole idea of rarity in card games because that's a big deal. But I don't know. I think, um, I mean, obviously I'm partial to the game because um, the guys who are behind it are like the OG Hearthstone team, basically. Like they all left Blizzard and created this new company and and then got the the Marvel property, which is an amazing like coup for your first game, right? But um, I think it's really fun. I think the guys that made it are great. And uh, I'm, I'm really happy they seem to have had a very successful launch. So I think the game is so much fun. It's super addictive. And it really replaced all of my like toxic downtime. I'll call it that. Because like instead of doom scrolling through Twitter, I'm playing Snap instead. <laughs> and yeah. it's a much better use of my time. <laughs> yeah, I've uh, like when i have when i can when i when i've had downtime before it was like okay i'm just going to queue up the podcast that i was listening to and have that play in the background but now it's like i think you're right like marvel snap is 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 a great way cuz again like the games go by so quick the the gameplay is fun it's not just a collectathon where you're trying to collect everything and um yeah like if you're playing just to do the quests and i and i've had no problem to jump in and again early on like there's not many quests you you just have the daily quests but now that i've kind of unlocked like the seasons i've got a bunch mm -hmm. of content that i can work towards uh but i've been fine to just like play a couple matches clear out my dailies or, or my i think they refresh every two hours or something uh every eight hours as every far eight hours? as i know yeah oh i think they give you two new ones every two hours or something yes yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I've just been like, jump in, do those. Oh, I'm done. Uh, jump out, do something else. Like it's, it's been as I was playing over the weekend. That's how I was doing it. It's just kind of like jump in, do the games, come out, and it's it was a lot of fun. And again, like I I played it on I started on iPad because I figured like card games, you need a bigger screen space. And and I was like, ah, oh, you know what? And then today I was like, I really I've installed it on all my Apple devices. I was like, I really should try it on the iPhone before we record. And I, yeah. and I, I have a fairly decent sized iPhone. I think it's like, you know, it's, it's older, but it's like a, it was one of the bigger screens at the time. And, uh, yeah, like it's just, it's so well designed. Like they looked at this and say, how do we build a card game that doesn't just work on iPhone or, or phones in general, I should say, but like feels great to play it there like your explanation of like i don't feel like i need to install this on steam even if it was you know throwing it at me um because it just it works so well on phone tablet and honestly like playing on phone like i i feel like it's been a better play there because at least on the iphone it takes advantage of um like the haptic uh feedback you get oh God, when you, when you I tap on stuff you hate that? I hate haptics so much. <laughs> I don't mind. I, I I actually think it's pretty cool. But again, I haven't played as much as you. So maybe uh, I'll get sick of it. Well, and... it's mostly just because like I couldn't for the longest time figure out what the vibrations were. <laughs> and I was sitting there playing in bed, trying not to wake Matt up. And my phone's just going. Bzz, 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 
I'm like, stop it, just stop. Oh, it felt so, subtler yeah. than that, but maybe uh, maybe I'm wrong because you're right. Like uh, I wasn't uh, I wasn't playing in a in a setting where I had to be had to be completely silent. But yeah, it's but it just it works so well on the phone, and um, you know, you you sign in with your your Apple or Google uh, account, and it syncs across devices and. It just it works so well, and um, as you said, like the games being so short, you can you can go in, play a quick match, and not feel like um, you you didn't you didn't unless you lose all your matches. I suppose you you didn't accomplish anything. Then even then, you're getting boosters as you're as you're playing matches. So yeah, exactly. You're always getting something out yeah. of your match, which I which I really enjoyed. Like I never felt like I was having like I never felt like I was wasting time. Yeah. And I mean, in terms of the the battle pass, I've never been a battle pass uh, player. I've I've not really invested in that. Um, and, but you know, you say it's like twelve or thirteen bucks uh, every five weeks. That that is in line like with my other experience of like uh, you know, Fire Emblem Heroes has a monthly pass, and it offers you bonuses and extra uh, heroes and stuff, uh, and different um, alternate uh, costumes for for a specific hero, and. Um, it's about the same value, about 13 bucks a month. So like that, that seems like to be the sweet spot for like, cause there's that kind of thing like, Oh, that's pretty expensive for a battle pass. Then I was thinking about it. I was like, no, that's, I think that's pretty standard in terms of the monthly cost of a, like a free to play. Like that's a good value, I think. But mm-hmm. my question with battle passes always comes down to like, if I always feel uh, like, this is why I like, you know, the Faye pass is that like when I give them my $13, I have to do the bare minimum and I get everything from that, you know, uh, that three, I think that it's every two weeks you get, you know, re- refresh rewards. And if you subscribe at the right time, you can get everything by just basically checking in with the game. But like with a season pass uh, for uh, not season pass, a, a battle pass for for Marvel Snap, like, does it go away and you just you you lose out on rewards if you haven't because I hate that feeling. Um, and I know Halo, uh, on the Xbox has tried to, uh, address that by saying like battle passes don't go away. Like you can always attribute XP and progress to them down the road. I'm assuming these battle passes go away because that seems to be the the way it's normally They do. Yeah. Yeah, they do. There's like when it's done, it's done. (laughs) Yeah. And I think for me, um, like that's fine because that's, that's the norm. I, I get that. But uh, I almost feel like the way to go into a battle pass with Marvel Snap, at least for me, is like, okay, if it's not this month, it's next month that I buy the battle pass because like that'll be and that's just the way I play games. Like I'm going to be playing every day, making my progress for the first couple months of the game being out. And then it will slowly dwindle and become more of like a casual play. And then the battle pass probably isn't worth it for me, but I could be wrong. (laughs) And I mean, I'll never know until a I look into it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or or buy it. Um, I don't know how progress has been on the battle pass. Like you've been playing for months and have been subscribing to the battle pass. Like, do you find it's achievable to get to the maximum level, or is it is it a bit of a, a pain? Um, I've never failed to finish it. I usually end up somewhere about five or ten levels like further than I need to be. Okay. Um, so I mean, I think that it's I I think it's a good pass <laughs> i but yeah like i say i've never um 
like totally failed. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it feels good to me. It feels like I've gotten, you know, points at a, at a good rate. Um, and I don't know in terms of like return for my money, but paying for the battle pass makes me feel like, and I also don't buy a lot of variants. So I don't have that kind of like, um, extra pressure or whatever. Like, uh, but, um, I feel like I always have a ton of gold. Like I pay for the battle pass so that I get all of the like the premium rewards, so like the the card variants and the new cards and everything else. And then there's kind of like currency along the way. And I feel like I just always have a ton of gold. Like, so for instance, when we were having the Magneto conversation, like he was 700 gold in the shop. And I was like, you know what? I haven't actually bought a variant in a really long time. I really like this baby Magneto. He's freaking adorable. I'm just going to buy him. And like, I didn't even have to think about it. I don't even know when I bought them, like bought that gold air quotes because it's rewarded to me through my collection level and through the, um, the seasons pass so often that I don't even notice how much I'm accumulating. So I still have enough. If I wanted to go buy another variant, I could. And like, so in the shop for, I guess, comparison, I'm just going to go look. So 700 gold in the shop is $13.99. So like the the price of one variant is like $14. So I've just accumulated that. And then again, <laughs> just by playing and just by, you know, paying the, the battle pass. So, I mean, I feel like the last variant I bought was like a couple weeks ago. Um, and I don't buy, like I don't just straight up buy gold. All I do is pay my $13 for the battle pass. That's it. So... I feel like it's it's a good value. I haven't actually sat down and like gone through the pass and done the math, but I always feel like I'm swimming in gold and swimming in credits. Like I've got 1200 credits just sitting there not doing anything. So that's the the upgrade currency. Um like the silver the silver stuff, not the gold yeah. stuff. <laughs> so like I just it feels like um by buying the battle pass, I just kind or the season's pass, I just always have what I need, which is the kind of free to play that I like. And, the, and obviously it's not free to play because I'm paying for the pass, but like it feels good. It feels like by playing the game, I'm getting rewarded at a, at the proper rate. Yeah. Oh, well, and this is the thing, like uh, I was just poking in there, I guess the season path or the battle, I keep calling the season pass. The battle it pass. is a season's pass. It's not yeah. a battle pass. It's oh, a it, season's pass. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah, it's because they call it a season pass, but it, yeah. it is, <laughs> it's definitely structured like a battle pass. There Actually, are free tiers they, and... It's it says both, so it's called season pass in the top left corner where my level is, and then it says open battle pass <laughs> is the option to do. Yeah, so I mean it it's interchangeable. We'll say. <laughs> is there infinite levels to the? Yes. Oh, okay. So that's why I'm like I'm scrolling to see the end, and that's why you yeah, said no, like there is no end. Yeah, <laughs> you never feel like you fail it because you you end up getting into basically like infinite. So like that's that's also unique that I haven't seen like in terms of bat like battle passes end in the sense that like you get to the end you get the 50 rewards and, and you're and you're done but like they basically show you like okay this is what you're getting at 50 which is the top um yeah 50 is the top and then after that it's a season cash and the so if you play the game but you don't buy the pass every level after 50 will give you a reward period um so until then, I think it's every second or third reward is is part is free. And then, you know, there's some premium stuff mixed in there. But um, yeah, once you hit level 50, that's the end of like the 
curated rewards. And after that, you just get a cash, which has a chance to, very similar to in your collection level, it has a chance to roll um, like cosmetics or uh, currencies and stuff like that. I don't think you can roll new cards out of the Seasons Pass caches, but I might be wrong about that. Um, but yeah, so you can you can level up the uh, the Seasons Pass infinitely. However, like if you just keep going, I don't know how you would get that much currency, but technically you can. <laughs> yeah. And and I mean, maybe for me, like in terms of determining whether this season pass or the next season pass is worth it is like you can just play the game, get your free unlocks and then determine like a day before it ends. Yeah, you I mean, can like, buy it later. Yeah. If you yeah. think it's going to be worth it for sure. Yeah. They, they let you do that as the same as a lot of battle passes yeah. do. Um, and then the other thing is you can also decide like some months to do it and some months not to do it because every month has a theme. So like so far, I'm trying to remember all the ones uh, they had uh, like a Nick Fury one. They had a Thor one. Um, now we're in the Spider-Man symbiote one. I'm assuming next the next one will be Wakanda. Uh, probably they do. So the the Thor one was when Love and Thunder com- came out. So the, it is very integrated with the rest of the Marvel universe as it should be. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. And I I can't remember the life of me what the first one was though. There was one before Thor. Was it summer? Nope. No, they didn't do like a summer event. <laughs> like now here are all the Marvel heroes at the beach and. <laughs> Maybe next summer, because that was the other thing, too, is like they were very careful with what they did in beta versus what they're doing now. And they've said everything that was available in beta. So like the all the cards and everything else that were in those battle passes are going to be or like are available, like as you level your collection up, like they're they aren't like locked. And if you weren't in beta, you're out of luck. So, you know, you will get them eventually at some point <laughs> around mm-hmm. 3000 collection level, probably. <laughs> Oh, fun. Yeah, I, I and that was the thing I've seen on Twitter, people saying like how far they are. And I'm like, here I am collection level sub 50. And I'm like, oh, this is really like it, it's a slow it's not a slow progress, but you you are you are constantly unlocking stuff. You're constantly getting resources. But again, it all comes back to the gameplay is solid. You're having fun with the gameplay. And I, I personally love when I'm playing a game and I've got my my, I've got my deck and and I'm seeing new cards played all the time. But my favorite thing is discovering new. Um, I would call them arenas, but they're like new multi. Yeah, new versus. locations. Yeah, yeah. That's always like one of them was. Um, yeah, that's something I don't know if I actually explained is. Um, so when I said there's three locations and you have to get like best two out of three to win the game. Um, so those locations are random every time so there's three different locations um and then they also can spawn in random orders so like you might have um like sinister london on the left in one game and then have sinister london five games later in the middle and so like sinister london when you play a card in that location it puts another copy of the card in one of the other two locations so you basically get like a two for one um, so it's a really powerful location, but you can also fill up your board really quickly. So you have to be careful not to play like your little cheap stuff. You want to maybe like not play in the early game and play some more stuff in the late game. And I even laugh that I'm using these terms because there's only six turns. Like the early game is like two turns and the mid game is two turns. And then the late game is two turns. Like it's crazy. <laughs> in Hearthstone, you're sitting there playing for 20 minutes and you might you make it to turn 20. Like, yeah, it is not that way in Snap. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, I mean, it almost feels like a 
like a spoiler, but like it, it has been fun to discover these locations mid match uh, as you're learning the game. And I feel like that will be a fun, uh, like keeping the game fresh is not only adding new yes. cards, but new locations. Um, well, and that's, that's really what has kept me playing is the, is the variety in the games. Like there was a stretch there where I didn't have a whole lot of cards. There were some very key pieces I was missing in decks that I wanted to try. And so I was kind of like, not really stuck, but like I had a deck that I was really comfortable with. And I played that one deck for like six weeks, which is something I have never ever done in hearthstone i've played like maybe the same class but like rotated through a couple of different decks but i have never stuck with something for months at a time and i did that in marvel snap and the reason is that like you have the same variants that you always do in card games just with the with your actual card draw but the added variance of the location mechanic made it so that like every single game felt different. And sometimes you get super bad luck and the locations really punish whatever deck it is you're playing. But sometimes they're perfect for the deck that you're playing. And then you just get these huge numbers and your opponent's like, what the hell? And everybody's like, this is crazy. Because you can like emote different um, like... um like little pictures at yeah. each other and stuff like they're they're not like i think you there are some that are words but now they have ones that are pictures too so like for instance when you notice you're in a mirror match or like you play the same card in the same place at the same time they have like the spider-mans that like point at each other oh they do <laughs> yeah <laughs> so if you click on your if you click on your portrait you can like send a, a either an image or a, or not not typed in words curated words but you can send like things to your opponent and one of them is the Spider-Man pointing one. So if you both do it at the same time, then both your Spider-Mans are pointing at the same time. It's great. <laughs> is is there a Spider-Man card in there? I know Miles Morales yeah, is part is. of the... Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a Spider-Man. There's a Spider-Woman. Oh, yeah. I've seen Spider-Woman. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. It's just there's so many. And, and I'm assuming there are characters that they haven't adapted yet right into the game. Like, Oh, God. Still... There's so many. Yeah. there's. I think there's almost 100 cards in total oh wow yeah yeah um and so yeah there's a whole bunch that like i did not know who they were <laughs> yeah. but they look really cool and all the x-men are in there too i don't know if that's a spoiler but no i mean uh, okay yeah i wasn't sure like because i i can't remember what you what you get kind of early on but yeah the, all the x-men got, are in there and yeah i have uh i've seen like x forge or i don't know who that is colossus is in there domino um probably quicksilver because i'm pretty sure that's one that yes. you get right off the bat is quicksilver quicksilver yeah, so. for sure um you know you mentioned magneto like there's there's uh I, I think like the early game as you're playing through like that's where i am right now and uh, like i'm really enjoying it because i think the the journey towards where you're at feels like it's going to be a lot of fun and it sounds like you know the end game journey is also still really fun it comes down to the solid gameplay, but like also if they're releasing new content every month, like that is, that is the key here with a free to play game is like, what is the, what is the process of new content being added to the game? Like, and if you play long enough, like you play Hearthstone or Fire Emblem Heroes, you kind of know the pattern and, yeah. and the game and the developer gets into a good pattern and, and, and if, and you know, it, it works. Well, yeah, they did, they did commit to, monthly releases and I, I think that's their their season pass and i'm pretty sure we've had a new location every week oh cool 
Yeah. So like at first it felt like you were seeing the same ones all the time and to the point that you could almost, and they do have highlighted locations. So when a, a location is like um, new to the game or like just every day, it does switch every day. Um, but there's like um, featured locations that will, I don't even see what that, maybe there isn't one today, um, but they'll show up like in 75% of your matches. So you can kind of like tailor a like strategy to that one specific day, which then again makes it feel really different because you might feel like the meta in general is favoring this one deck and you see it all the time. But then all of a sudden a location is featured that punishes that deck and then you don't see it anymore. And then everyone's building these crazy things to try to take advantage of that location. And like, it totally changes up what you're seeing uh, when you're playing against other people. So, I mean, I think that they've really um, ticked a lot of boxes that, and it comes from being an experienced CCG uh, developer, right? Because like I said, this is from the team that originally made Hearthstone. And I think they learned a lot of lessons making that game and they've applied them to Snap. And it's it's a really fast, really fun game that, um, yeah, like I say, just they, they learned a lot of lessons. They fixed a lot of problems, I feel like, <laughs> that, that people had early on in Hearthstone uh, with Marvel Snap. And Again, not the same company at all, but the same same developers. So, yeah, um, yeah I just I just really love it, and I, I'm glad that it's being well received. I'm glad that like you're enjoying it, and and you're gonna get like stick with it and and play more of it. And if you want any like tips, let me know. Um, if you have any questions, if anyone has any questions, hit me up in the Discord. Like the more people I have to talk about Marvel Snap with, the happier I am. Um, it's basically all Hat and I have been talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and our Angry Chicken Discord's been going pretty nuts about it too. So um, yeah, I think uh, just, yeah, hit me up if you if you want to talk about Snap because I love Snap. So that's all I have to say about that because otherwise I'll go on for another freaking hour. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I will certainly reach out because I feel like uh, like I'll have lots of questions and and I, again, I've never been good at building decks, but I'm, I'm enjoying it. One more final thing. Um, I think I played with the starter deck that they give you for probably, I want to say, like <coughs> my first, excuse me, probably two or three weeks. Like it, the even just like the power level of the cards that they have in those first pools, it, like a lot of those cards carry with you even up to the level where I'm currently playing. So like it's it's uh it's kind of interesting how they've kind of created a balance in that way is that like your early cards aren't garbage. They're not throwaway. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know the being at level 3000 and having all the cards is great because it gives you a variety of different decks and strategies, but it's not required. You can win games and a lot of games uh, with just those first pool one cards and uh, and especially like the starter deck, I think it, it kind of explains the game really well. And, and I used it for quite a while. So I wouldn't feel, <laughs> excuse me, sorry. There isn't like a crafting mechanic in Snap, which can be frustrating because you can't get that like immediate... Um, like um, gratification of being able to do whatever you want in the game. You kind of have to wait for it. Like I say, like there was a deck I wanted to play in July that I got the card for last week, but now I get to play it and it's super exciting. So at first I really hated that because I was used to being able to just craft whatever I wanted to play. Um, but now it's very much um, like delaying all of my happiness and kind of spreading it out a little bit more. And, and it's, 
a good enough game that I wasn't bored in the interim while I waited to unlock that card, right? Or to discover that card. Mm. So I think they've done a really good job of like balance in that way. And it's an interesting, um, an interesting idea, an interesting concept. And I hope people like it because I think if you just kind of like, don't worry about what you're missing out on, just play what you've got because those are, it's still going to be powerful and fun. You're still going to win games. So you know, like when you open a new card, it kind of gives you the opportunity to then go and look at your collection and see what you can put together and what you can do with that new card. Um, but it's not like required. So I think they've kind of hit an interesting balance there um, in terms of like deck building and, and card collection. Yeah. I mean, because like when I used to play Hearthstone, it would always be like, well, you know, go on the internet, find a deck and then build to that deck and then learn how to play it. And, and, and I mean, again, like that's how I played. That's not how everyone played, but um, that's how most people play. There's a very, very small amount of people that are deck builders, right? And and again, like you want to use the the you know the the internet to find a proper deck so that you can kind of live within the meta that's currently going on. But I, I think you're absolutely right with Marvel Snap. Like you want to just lean into the discovery of you know, not worrying about, well, if I had this specific card, it would make this specific deck a lot better. And, and then again, once you get your collection really high and you're like, okay, let's see what's, what's out there, you know, what, what uh, ideas. And I saw this on you and Hat going back and forth on Twitter about uh, one deck he built. And, and I was like, oh, I don't have that card, but like, okay, well, this could work as an alternative. And, and I find like, that's fine. And once you get to that higher level and you have more access to, to cards, but what I really enjoyed in terms of deck building it's like i've kind of gone with like okay you know um go with the i've been subbing in cards and i've kind of tried to keep it to like how many you have 12 cards like how many um one twos and threes and fours and fives and six in terms of like the energy required to play these cards i try to just keep like a balance for those like you only need mm -hmm. one six card um, yeah yeah because you're gonna exactly. have it in your hand by by the time you you get to to six because you you have a 50% chance to draw it and there's a lot of stuff giving you extra cards, but like I found that worked really well. And the only time I I built one extra deck and it was when I unlocked um, Odin through the collection process. Yeah. And it was like he um, re triggers the on reveal effects. So I figured mm -hmm. like, Oh, I'll make an on reveal deck. So I went through my collection, which was like about maybe um, 30 cards or something at the time. And I've just I just built an on reveal deck. That's what it's called. And it's just got all these on reveal cards and then some other cards that I've, you know, fit in with that, too. But again, because it's only 12 cards, I'm not getting bored trying to figure out what's the best fit. I can just be like, you have an on reveal, you have an on reveal, you have an on reveal plus Ant-Man go and uh, <laughs> <laughs> plus Ant-Man go. I yeah. love that. And and again, like it's worked and I've just kind of subbed cards in and out as I get uh, new on reveals. But even then, if I forget to do it, it's still fun. The deck works and the randomness of everything going on. It's like, oh, well, you know, uh, I don't have any cards that can't be destroyed. So there's one location that's like any cards you play here gets destroyed. I think it was like the death zone or something. Yeah. So Again, like you're going to come across locations that don't fit the strategy, but maybe they don't fit the strategy for your opponent either. And you're both having to deal with this crappy situation or just let them have the death zone because they have Colossus and work on the other two. So, yeah, it's just it's so flexible. And again, even if you can't win that match, retreat, lose the one point, 
and go to the next one. It's super quick. Oh, it's, yeah, it's it, it definitely has that just one more feeling to it because the matches are so quick. Um, and just for the record, the rarity after legendary is ultra. So legendary ultra infinite. Oh, okay. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so many levels. <laughs> there's a lot. It sounds like there's yeah. a, there's a lot going with this game. Um, but I, that's a good. You need that. I, I I fully understand that you need a lot going on in a free to play game to keep people engaged, especially folks who are playing it regularly. Like if you're checking yeah. in once a day or once every other day, like there's tons of content there. But you also need to make sure you're you're catering to the folks that are that are playing a lot. You know, so yeah. they feel yeah. engaged. So yeah. Absolutely. That's a good balance. Uh, so before we move on to news, I did want to mention a game because I've been playing this so much. I feel like I have a lot of obsessions right now, like Marvel Snap and Disney, uh, what's it called? Dreamlight Valley. And now a new one, an RTS called Northgard, which came out in 2018. It's so old. But one of my friends was playing it and I was like, I'm going to go see what this is. And it's literally like based on Norse mythology, which I feel like is a running theme in things I'm playing right now. Um, but yeah, I've been <laughs> playing Northgard and it's so freaking fun. So I've been playing with my friend and we've been doing uh, we did a couple different types of, of games. So we played uh, like 2v2 against AI. There's also an online multiplayer that you can get into if you want to play against real people. I don't play RTSs against real people because I'm terrible. Um, but we played against the AI. They also have like a campaign mode where um, you go through different scenarios that have different possible win conditions. It has win conditions that aren't just like military like StarCraft. It's also um, like you can do things like in Civ where like if you get to the end of the tech tree, you get a lore victory. If you um, obviously if you dominate all your other opponents, you get a domination victory. But you can also do like trade victories and and uh, fame victories, which is uh, almost akin to like um, religion in Civ. So it's got some of those alternate win conditions that make it just really fun and there's also like because it came out in 2018 they've been doing like um additions and DLC to it and everything else so there's something like 15 or so different clans that you can play and most of the clans like the base game comes with i think six clans and then all the other nine are uh DLC the DLC's like 5 bucks i think i got the whole entire thing in a bundle for like less than a triple a title and it is so good. All the clans have like their own specific, again, much like civilization, their own specific like building or uh, unit that you can play at, like special units, or some of them even have different win conditions. Like one of my favorite ones to play so far that I've discovered is the Squirrel Clan. Uh, they're all animals because again, Norse mythology stuff. But um, so I'm I the Squirrel Clan basically just like turtles down gathers ingredients and then like throws a feast and if they get to the point where they can throw the feast then they win like and it's so fun <laughs> it's like you don't do military stuff at all you just you just sit there and you just gather up all your nuts and then you're like hey friends come have a feast and then you win <laughs> so <laughs> i don't know i just i'm really 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 freaking loving it um and there's like i said there's um so you can do uh co-op like versus ai you can do multiplayer. You can do same sort of thing as StarCraft where you do like 1v1, 2v2, 3v3. Um, you can do a conquest, which is where you kind of like go through different scenarios of different win conditions and you get a different power 
that you can choose from when you defeat the scenario and then you kind of like move along and it gets more and more difficult almost like a roguelike roguelite um i'm probably gonna say that and people are gonna be like no that's wrong but you you do a thing you get more powers and if you can't defeat it you start your run over so come on (laughs) um and you can also do that with a friend um and then they have a story mode as well which kind of starts off like a tutorial but it's almost like the story in any rts right like they give you a little bit of stuff to do and then they give you a little bit of lore and story and it kind of moves on so there's that single player story mode as well overall like i just it's such a well fleshed out game it feels really balanced like none of the clans feel particularly bad Um, my friend plays as, as a random clan every time and so you know, like I, I'm playing the ones I want to learn. He's playing randomly and and we never feel unbalanced. So I think it's a really great game. Again, it's called Northgard. If you guys are into RTSs or into all of the, the Norse theme <laughs> that we seem to be kind of playing right now, uh, then do go check out Northgard. I, I think it's a great freaking game. And I can't believe that I it just wasn't on my radar. It came out, like I said, in 2018. Hmm. Yeah, it was a big year for Norse mythology, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Apparently. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have this one. I'll have to check it out. And uh, I've I've gotten in the habit of every time I look at a Steam game, it's like, is this, uh, is this compatible on Steam Deck? And this one isn't supported, but um, it sounds like a mouse and keyboard type thing. It's definitely a mouse and yeah. keyboard thing, yeah. Yeah, which is functional on the Steam Deck, but uh, I guess there's a switch Although I version. will say, like, when I when I think about, uh, there might be, I'm not sure, but when I think about uh, StarCraft, like, because that's the, the main RTS, the other big main RTS that I've played lately, um, StarCraft, I feel like, is a lot more, like, there's kind of a balance between your macro, so that's, like, all your economics and your resource gathering and your building your buildings and stuff, and then your micro, which is like how you actually control your armies and and kind of like choose what targets to attack and what to focus down and stuff like that. Northgard, you can micro your units, but it's a there's a lot less of a focus on that. It's it has pretty intelligent AI that like if you just say, hey, I want to take my army and I want to attack that tile, then your army will just go and attack that tile. And like you you doing like little micro movements and micromanagement and stuff is doesn't give you that big of a boost, which like some people may not like, but I'm I always, always, always was a macro player. I was great at getting resources. I was great at build orders and all that kind of stuff. I was shit at combat. <laughs> so I think that's why I like Northgard so much is it, it kind of focuses a little bit more on that kind of like macroness versus like your actual movement of your dudes and your armies and stuff which was never the part that i liked like i can just send them in the general direction of where i need and they'll do what they need to do and that's it works really really well and there's uh again like we were just talking about locations with snap and randomness and how it can help make games feel different the tiles that you spawn on and kind of what you get near you and, and everything else can really change a game and, and can really help or hinder you too. So like spawn locations in randomly generated maps is a big deal too. So it's it's kind of got a lot going for it that makes it like, I mean, I've been playing it for, uh, he, I guess he told me about it on Friday and it's basically all I've played. <laughs> so I think I have like, 27 or 28 hours in it <laughs> and wow. it's just from some like friday night saturday sunday and then monday night because today's tuesday night so i basically played 
all weekend long. I could not get enough of this. And I feel really bad. We're going to talk about it in a minute. The TGI Game Club has still been going strong. And I'm like, uh, I'm only just <laughs> getting back into games from being like unable to play stuff from COVID. And I just went like head first into Northgard and I haven't touched God of War again. And I feel really bad because you guys are being awesome every week with your conversations and stuff. And I'm like, shit, I'm like, I'm so far behind now because I got like three weeks behind because of COVID that I'm just like, man, and I know I can go back into the conversations, but I haven't gone back into God of War and I need to. <laughs> I think maybe I've got Northgard out, out of my system now and I can refocus on God of War, but I, it, it, it swept me away for a few days. Yeah. Apologies, God of War. Don't hate me. Don't smite oh, me. We've been there. We've had games <laughs> come in and just <laughs> completely distract us for for a couple days or weeks or or what have you. So yeah, I've been there for sure. Did you have anything else you want to mention before we move on? Yeah, I've I, you know what? Here's the thing. I've had this one sitting in the notes for a bit, and I keep pushing it. And and now that I don't have access to it anymore because it was uh, <laughs> through a subscription. Uh, and this is this is not a, a dig on anyone. It's just like it's been a busy month. And honestly, there's just been bigger games to chat about. But I, but I did want to give a shout out to uh, Shovel Knight Dig, uh, which is a game that launched, uh, I think, at the end of September. And it is it is I played it on Apple Arcade, but it is available on PC. Uh, I, I know for sure it's available on T- Nintendo Switch. And um, Shovel Knight's been a character that's been around for a long time. It had a big uh, life on on the Wii U. It was a Kickstarter to build this like. Mega Man esque game with retro graphics, and it had a bunch of like free expansions and some paid expansions as well that they added over the years. But um, even though the main character Shovel Knight had a shovel, he was never digging. <laughs> he was he was never uh, using the shovel. I uh, mean, maybe maybe that's the end. It's like uh, at the end, he just he he digs something, you know, and that's that's your reward for for beating Shovel Knight dig or no Shovel Knight in general, but. <laughs> um, I don't know because I never beat it. It was very difficult, like all Mega Man esque games. But uh, yeah, I played this on Apple Arcade. It is the Shovel Knight game where you are digging. You are also using your your shovel for attacks as well. So the the main thing here is that it's built out as a uh, and Jocelyn, I know you already you already did this. You called it a, a rogue light, but I find the best <laughs> way to do it is just call it both. And then either way, someone lets you know which one it is. <laughs> and uh, the only thing you have to correct on is to actually remember uh, which is which. But yeah, it's I think it's a rogue-like. Uh, I don't know. It's a road light. You know, it is what it is. So essentially, you're, you are playing Shovel Knight. Uh, your stuff gets stolen, like a bag of gems or whatever. Why you would leave it hanging around and not in you know, a bank, I don't know, but, or, or in, a, <laughs> in, a, in a vault, but anyway, someone takes it and, and takes it underground. So you have to dig to get it. And there's a bunch of enemies throughout. And, and essentially how it works is you go on, uh, runs to basically dig down. And there's a bunch of different, um, uh, you know, biomes and stuff that you're working through. I never got very far cause I'm, I'm terrible at, uh, roguelites. So, uh, but essentially you're working your way down, you're digging down, you're, you're defeating enemies, you're collecting gems and it kind of works in a way where it combines sort of a, a rhythm action game uh, with, um, you know, the the Shovel Knight uh, gameplay that we know and love, like Mega Man S stuff. So you're like you're working your way across the screen, you're defeating enemies. But then as you're digging, you can chain together digs and move in directions to kind of like keep the momentum moving so that you're 
not only as you're digging, you're taking out enemies that are that are on the screen, but you're also collecting gems and you're working through um, the dirt and rocks and stuff that you're that you're working through. Um, and essentially, that's that's the process. You work your way through the map. You're trying to uh, collect uh, these these gears that you're finding in each sort of section of the map, and those gears unlock uh, either power ups or um, uh, health items if you get all three at the end of each section and that helps you keep going so there's this like it's not just to get extra gems which you can use for upgrades and such um but it's also to like give you a a boost in health so say if you took a bunch of damage you can get that health back by you know keeping an eye out for uh those gears to unlock um like a like a bonus at the end of each section and then when you finish up three sections of each map you fight a boss those bosses are difficult um i managed to beat the first one (laughs) never got much farther than that uh but i I was having a lot of fun with it and i think this comes down to the the struggle with you know um subscription games where you are not subscribed longer than a month because again like you know you i i forgot i basically forgot to go back to it before tonight because my subscription i think ran out today and uh apple arcade is like it it is uh inexpensive it's five bucks a month you can sub for a year for, I think, uh, like a discounted price. Um, I usually pop in once every couple months as games build up but that I want to try. Shovel Knight Dig is a lot of fun, and, and I did get a chance to kind of play it on the iPhone with a backbone controller, um, which essentially turns your phone into like a like a switch, basically, and it worked really, really well. I think that was like one of the best ways to play that game. Um, but I also played it on an Apple TV with like a synced uh playstation controller and that was really cool so it basically like it is like the uh, like the apple console basically and and it worked quite well and uh yeah it was a lot of fun i mean i will definitely go back to it i think like it's because it's a roguelite you can and has that repeatable content i can jump back in and it feels familiar but also like if i get better i can actually progress a little farther we'll see if that happens um but uh yeah I, it's definitely i'm going to keep it on my list of apple arcade games to return to when i resubscribe in the future but um like i said it's also available on steam and nintendo switch if you just want to buy it outright i think it's like a 25 to 30 dollar canadian game um so again like you're not going to subscribe five bucks a month just to just to play it you might as well if you're going to do that you might as well just buy it on on another platform but um, if you have access to Apple Arcade and you haven't had a chance to check out uh, Shovel Knight Dig, it's also a great way to try it too. And there's lots of great other games on, on the service too. So uh, yeah, I've I've really I've really enjoyed it. It's been a long time since I played a Shovel Knight game, so it was really cool to get back to that character. That's very cool. And I don't think you've really talked too much about Apple Arcade lately. So um, it's it's cool to know that there's a lot going on over there. And I didn't realize that you could like sync other controllers with your Apple TV in order to play those games. So it's kind of neat that they're like for once yeah. <laughs> Apple's not like making you buy the, you know, Apple arcade controller or whatever. Apple's been really interesting in terms of, uh, you know, syncing controllers. I think it was like maybe the last two years they've they've done a really great job at making sure like a lot of the modern controllers work. So for example, there was a tweet today that I just saw that Apple added support in 16.1 for the Nintendo classic controllers. So if I wanted to, I could play shovel Knight dig, uh, with the N64 classic controller that I have. 
if That's I wanted to. pretty freaking cool. <laughs> yeah, if you wanted to. <laughs> I mean, really, like, now that I think about it, probably the most appropriate controller would be the the Super NES uh, wireless one, which, which again, is probably the most comfortable of the of the classic controllers that are available out yes. there. But um, yeah, it's a, you're absolutely right. Like it, it is really cool that you can sync those controllers and um, it works on iPad too. So I, I played a little bit on the iPad as well uh, and synced a, a, an Xbox controller because I have the Xbox controller synced for like um, remote play and stuff. So like it's, 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 there's a lot of options to play. There is also touch controls. I, I feel like you have to mention this. There is touch controls for this specific game, it is most definitely not the way to play. Yeah, uh, it feels like a like a hindrance, and and it's gonna it's gonna hold you back. And for me, when I'm already terrible at it, I mean, I don't want to throw you know <laughs> another problem uh, in my corner. So I, I yeah, definitely prefer fair. to play with the controller. Very cool. Thanks for sharing again. That was Shovel Knight Dig on Apple Arcade. Uh, just wanted to say a very quick thank you to our patrons. You can head on over to patreon.com slash the gamers in if you'd like to support the show like our October patron Ginny did. Thank you so much for supporting Ryan and I here at the gamers in uh, reminder. We do have the game club going on. Like I mentioned earlier, we are playing God of War 2018. There is a new milestone set every week by a wonderful Ryan uh, who has been going in and playing ahead and telling us exactly how far we should play to get a good three hours or so of gameplay in each and every week. And then there's some good discussions going on in Discord. If you'd like to join that Discord, you can head on over to bit.ly slash TGI Discord. And you should also check out bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2022 because we are getting very close, very, very close game day is Saturday, November 5th, starting at 10 a.m. Eastern time. That's going to be streamed over on twitch.tv slash JossPlays. Uh, Ryan, are you streaming? Yes, uh, I'm planning to stream. <laughs> so we'll we'll definitely have uh, multiple streams going and we'll try to keep the festivities running uh, starting at 10 a.m. I, I think like we sort of swap breaks and stuff. So there's, there'll be always something cool to watch that day for sure. Awesome. And what are you or how was your uh, stream on Friday? Because you guys had your first uh, Extra Life stream was on Friday. Yeah, we played uh, Sea of Thieves. So I feel like it was a good warm up. And, and this will be a, a fun story because, again, every time I play, I'm playing with a, with a seasoned veteran of Sea of Thieves. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, kudos to Crofton. He, he, he does know his stuff. But uh, we did hit a snag. We did one of the like I'll, I'll mention it, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But it was a it was a three part map collection quest, and then it ended basically with you in this this uh, room with a bunch of traps. And if you failed the puzzle, you died, and all your all your work goes out the window. Ah, uh, yes. And uh, yes. and and Crofton did warn us like, hey, this is a room that will lock us out if we're not careful. Don't everyone rush in. Like, let's do this the smart way. <laughs> let's not mash the buttons to see if we got the solution right. And uh, sure enough, we spent two and a half hours trying to solve this, uh, get to the puzzle room. And it was a lot of like, uh, where's this dig spot? We spent an hour on this one island trying to find the dig spot. We couldn't find it. Oh, and then eventually, no. <laughs> and because like the X where you had to dig was on like right next to one of the tears in the map because there was three parts of the map. So it was really hard to tell you where, where you were. So eventually I'm just like, I just stared at the map and it was probably the worst stream to watch because it's like it's just us <laughs> slowly going around this island. Again, great prep for Saturday, November 5th because when we play Sea of Thieves, I'll be like 
good to go. You'll be a super pro. <laughs> yeah, but we spent all day. I finally found it. And then we get the key and the key's like, well, where does it go? Well, there's a pedestal right here. It's not working. It says to find like something about snakes in the sand. And then I set the key down. And like, again, another hour goes by as I run around this island trying to find <laughs> where to put the key. And then I'm like, hey, guys, I'm looking at the key and it has like a specific uh, name on it. Do you think that's the island? And everyone just loses it. And it's like, yes, Ryan, that's the island. So she, we all get on the boat. We all oh grumbling. And then we're like, okay, where's this island? And we, and it's like, it's on the other side of the world. So we got to like sail all the way. To, and again, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not giving, uh, you know, see if these a great review here, but this is mostly just due to the fact of us jumping into a very complex quest. So all that being said, we get there, we get to the, to the puzzle room. And we're so excited that we all run in <laughs> and even we're all guilty of it. We're all like trying to solve the problem. And I'm like, no, guys, slow down. We need to do this properly. Mash the button. There's water filling up the room. Why is the door closing? Why are we drowning? Uh, so do we get to do it again? No, that was our one shot. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Crofton really threw you in the deep end there. Holy crap. So, I don't think he yeah. meant to, but yeah, he did. <laughs> Yeah, there's all kinds of like uh, tall tales and stuff. You get like kind of story, multi-part story quests like that, that that have kind of like a different gameplay loop than just straight up like go dig up the treasure and take it back to an outpost, which is very much how Sea of Thieves began. But uh, yeah, some of them are really, <laughs> really hard. <laughs> yeah, we did. I think after that, we did like, let's do a couple voyages that are just, um, I think we did like a a ghost ship attack one and you know go to the island and find some treasures so we so after so we kind of did it the, the opposite you know we got our feet wet with this very complex quest <laughs> for three and hours then did the easy stuff <laughs> and then we did the easy stuff and we and oh my that, god say, we had fun the whole time we were having a, a blast and i can't and as i said i can't wait to play again on the fifth i'm already i'm already stoked to play i'm play. i'm gonna play again i can't wait again I probably made it sound super frustrating, but honestly, the journey was amazing. And there were a lot of, <laughs> there were a lot of, and Nevermore was in the chat. She was helping us out and she was like Good. troubleshooting <laughs> with us. And, uh, and again, it was my fault. Cause I'm like hanging onto this key. So you can't see the title of the key as I'm hanging onto it the whole time running around. All I had to do was set it down and then go to pick it up again. And I'm like, Oh, you guys are going to hate me, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm all ready for Saturday, next Saturday. That's, that is. that's awesome. Yeah. So again, that is Saturday, November 5th, starting at 10 a.m. Eastern time. We're going to be streaming over on Twitch. You can head to bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2022 if you would like to help us to support the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals. Uh, we got a couple of quick news pieces for you guys tonight. Uh, so I don't know if you watched it all, but uh, there's a lot of Silent Hill stuff. Uh, there was a big uh, showcase this month. And... Uh, they're, they're doing so many things. So they're doing remakes. They're doing entries into the the kind of franchise proper. They're doing a movie, uh, a follow-up movie, and also a kind of like not really sure what 100% the game is going to be, but it looks like some sort of like crowdsourced interactive thing that the DVD devs are working on. Yeah. 
Yeah, I saw that it was uh, behavior was working on it. I'm like, oh, Jocelyn will uh, love that. So yeah, they've yeah they've actually uh, they so they brought Pyramid Head into DBD a while ago now, and they seem to have a really good relationship with the Silent Hill people. I think there's rumors, just like the Resident Evil, that had a second uh, DLC available. I think there's rumors that more Silent Hill stuff is going to be coming into uh, Dead by Daylight, which I'm not sure if it's like the rumors were about new Silent Hill stuff. Like, it was basically like, hey, Behavior's working with Konami, and everyone was like, oh, yay, more Silent Hill DLC. It's like, but what if it was just this other project and totally not related to Dead by Daylight at all? But I think there, like that door seems to be, you know, blown wide open at this point um, because Behavior is uh, one of the devs working on a new Silent Hill property. So I'm just, it's, it's absolutely wild. I'm so happy for that because they're a small Canadian company out of Montreal, so... I mean, that's it's a win for Canadians everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, Silent Hill is kind of in dormant for for a very long time. The franchise, I think, really the biggest thing they've had is the Dead by Daylight chapter in the last decade. So mm. for Konami to basically come back to the Silent Hill franchise after basically not having any major game releases since MGS Five, which has been been a while, so. Yeah, Silent Hill is uh, like the remakes being made by uh, Bloober, which has been um, hinted at and, and rumored for a very long time. And they kept denying it, kept denying it. And of course, now it's it's most definitely happening. Um, and that one's going to be PC and PlayStation 5 console exclusive for 12 months. That's a big one. It feels very much like Konami looked at the success of Capcom and their remakes and thought like, well, we like Silent Hill 2 is is looked at as like the best in the series. So it mm-hmm. makes perfect sense to jump straight to that as a remake. And uh, it, it makes perfect sense to me. And and the biggest surprise and I think is the, the, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was, I was going to say the movie was the biggest surprise to me. Cause like, I know it did well, but it did well 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So the, the movie, what I was going to say is they're doing the silent Hill two remake and, and also the movie based yeah. on silent Hill two. So um, they got <laughs> the same director back again. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I like I watched the whole thing, and watching him talk about Silent Hill was just like that guy's a super fan. Like he has so much respect for the game, and you know the vision of the original script and everything else. Like the script for the game, I mean, not the script for the movie, but like you know, like he has so much reverence, but like also understands that he needs to you know kind of like modernize it and bring it to a new audience, and in the world has changed a lot in you know fifteen twenty years, and. You know, he's he had a lot of really good points to say, I think, about the the movie. I have a lot of faith in him to to make a really good product. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. At first I was like, okay, Silent Hill movie, whatever. And then the more I watched him like talk about it and talk about what they wanted to convey with it and what the background of the story was and what they were stuff they were pulling from the game and showing all of the like concept art and whatever, I'm like, this looks like a really good movie. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm excited about more excited than I thought I would be um, originally when I when I heard they were making a Silent Hill movie. But that was the biggest surprise for me is I was just like, damn, they're going back to this. Well, OK, I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. That it's uh, there's a lot going on with Silent Hill. And and I know everyone's probably hoping the next transmission that uh, Konami does is with uh, Metal Gear Solid. But we might have to wait for another decade uh, for that one. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, and I know you're really excited about this next story. Uh, Resident Evil 4 remake has been confirmed. 
Yeah, well, this is uh, like it, the the it was announced in the summer, and this was uh, so Resident Evil had another showcase. It was I think it was like the same day as the Silent Hill one, um, but definitely the, I was gonna say, I didn't hear. I heard so much about Silent Hill, and I heard nothing about Resident Evil. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, I don't think the RE showcase was necessarily like. There was no earth-shattering announcements. It was basically just updates on current projects. Um, that we got a new trailer for Resident Evil Four. It continues to look like an amazing remake of an amazing game, and uh, in line with their other remakes that they've made. So no surprise there. But the game is still scheduled for a March release, and you can pre-order now. But the other stuff that they announced was more in line with like they showed off more of their multiplayer uh you know component that was delayed a year it was originally supposed to launch with uh village um but now it's uh now it's going to be out with the uh, i think the uh expansion that's coming out uh, at the end of the uh, end of the month here so yeah it's uh, but again like the biggest news was or the biggest drop was the trailer for resident evil 4 um and seeing more of those characters and more of uh more of the story and how they're adapting it and remaking it um 10 15 years later i don't know how gamecube so like what's that that's i think that's 10 15 years so yeah it's it's exciting but again like i they do these multiplayer games and and um i i don't i don't know who those are for because they make a new one with every remake release and i mm-hmm. and i think they tried to tack this one on to village and it it didn't go very well like it, it launched in a very buggy state and they they kind of pulled it back when the beta didn't do too well um, but yeah, like the biggest news here is the Resident Evil four stuff and they announced like a deluxe edition and all that. And it's, it's going to be a full priced game, which I think makes sense because Resident Evil four is a larger game, uh, than the other, you know, the other remakes they made, but it like, it looks like they're putting, they're pouring a lot of effort into this one. So if you are a Resident Evil fan, like, you know, March of next year is going to be a really great time. Cause you'll get to revisit like one of the, one of the, I think the best title in the Resident Evil franchise, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, look forward to that. And, uh, well, I mean, I look forward to watching you play it slash <laughs> listening to you tell me about it, because as everybody knows, I do not play these games. Too spooky for me. Uh, I would never, never, ever make my way through it. But uh, we are through it now. We're done the show. Again, if you guys want to join the conversation and you want to talk to us about Snap or you want to join in with the game club, head on over to our Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. And do not forget to support the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals by going to bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2022. And we look forward to seeing you on stream in a week and a half. Uh, you can visit us on the web at gamersandpodcast.com or you can follow us over on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn, at Joss Plays. Brian is Dara Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn. Thanks for staying at The Gamers Inn. And remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. <laughs>